I know you're out there. I know that you're afraid. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you. Connecting the dots of the Constitution for you like no one else can. The Chris Ann Hall Show. She's an attorney, a disabled U.S. Army veteran, an author, public speaker, mother, pastor's wife, and a patriot. She's Chris Ann Hall. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com. Liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality, bringing you your daily dose of news delivered in the way all news should be delivered. Fact, not fake. Truth, not politics. Principle, not party. I have with me my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. And we endeavor every day to bring the truth to those who have ears to hear. Glad to have you with us this fine Thursday morning and uh, or Thursday afternoon or Thursday evening, wherever you may be listening, but this is morning for us. And it's pretty amazing because it started off very early for us this morning at 2.22 this morning. Yes, this morning, we were on our way to Fox Studios in New York City to do an interview with Fox and Friends first, and I got to meet uh, Heather Childers. She's what a lovely person she is. She made me feel so welcome and so comfortable, and I was uh, I was just grateful for the opportunity to be on the show, and I think it turned out well. What do you think, dear? Yeah, it was good. Really good. I think that uh, it was a lot of work for four minutes. <laughs> yeah, it did seem like a lot of work. Hair and makeup and yeah. travel and two hours of, I don't even want to call it sleep, but two hours laying horizontally and back up. And, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, because we good. were on Newsmax late last night. Yeah, and took then, the midnight train out of the city and yeah. then right back around a few <laughs> hours later. Right back around. But it was a whole lot of fun. I hope that... Uh, I hope this will begin be the beginning of more opportunities to bring this kind of yeah. constitutional perspective into mainstream media. Yeah, I mean, it's always good. I thought you knocked it out of the park. I mean, it's like, um, who was that? The law and crime producers, I think, mm-hmm. uh, you know, said you train like a lawyer, you know this stuff, but you don't speak like a lawyer. So, you, you know, you said it where the average man on the street gets it and. I, you know, can see it, I think. And you always bring different perspective because, as we know, the the sort of drive is to follow the narrative, you know, whatever, the one thing, and there's so much echo chamber. I don't know what it is. I mean, I know with the Democrats, they sort of craft what they say, and talking points go out. They have kind of a higher, uh, command and control sort of party. And uh, 
I, the Republicans, I know there's some of that, but I think it's like they lack creativity. I don't even, I don't understand why does everybody sound the same, say the same thing. They yeah. can't sort of think. Um, but I guess the same thing is you have a different, um, it's a different rail you run on. You know, it's right, about liberty. Exactly, exactly. And the Constitution is coming from that perspective. So it's inherently going to going to be different, going to sound different. It's going to be a different response. Well, and I think it's that's a party, why. party response. These yeah. are all company people, you know. Yeah, I think that's why sometimes they uh, they may hesitate to have me. No, that's exactly right. They have no idea what I'm going to yeah, say. You're a loose cannon because <laughs> you're not going to, it's not going to always be the party line. I mean, it may be the party line if it, the party line happens to line up with the principles of liberty, but that's kind of a rarity these days. Right, right. I and I, I, you know, I like I said, I was just, I was just happy to, to be able to, to be there. Did you yeah. know? Well, it was good. I mean, there were really everybody was nice. Yeah. And um, just really per- personable and and it, you know, the it's so funny, and it cracks me up. We haven't had this experience this time in New York, but uh, some people who know you have been listening long enough. Some people don't, but it's a funny thing. Like we we met with. Um, uh, Michael Bolden in LA, LA the yeah. same conversation because uh-huh. you you don't do celebrity right <laughs> and you're you're not really good with names I'm terrible with so names <laughs> it's hilarious when we have these encounters with sort of uh, celebrity type people that are that are sort of self uh, self-serving self Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, proud of themselves and who mm-hmm. they are, and you treat them like a normal person, like who mm-hmm. are you and whatever, and you see them either get offended or they're they're just, it's awkward because you just, number one, you don't know who they are. Right. And don't care. <laughs> so, don't care. But, so nobody, nobody has been like that. Mm-hmm. Newsmax, they weren't like that. Fox, they weren't like that. I so met, it was nice. I even met Dan Abrams. Oh, yeah. Who, he was... Which is, I mean, he's the he's the man. He started right. the Law and Crime, Crime Network. Network right. He did the I think it was ABC Nightline or whatever. Right. But, you know, big guy, big big cheese. Big cheese, you not know, a big guy. He's a small guy, but he's a he's a uh, athletic guy. Though. Yeah, you I thought I was like, oh, he, he works out. Yeah, his, <laughs> but um, he works yeah, out. Yeah, just really uh, down to earth guy. Oh, I know. You know, t-shirt, tennis shoes. Yeah. So yeah. we didn't encounter any of that, <laughs> no. which is cool. That's you always know. cool. That's but always but cool. I didn't get to experience that sort of standing off to the side laughing at the response of the celebrity people when you go, and who are you? Yeah. <laughs> Am I supposed to know you? Oh, great. You know, <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> yeah, let's move on. <laughs> no, it was a lot of fun. And I, I've posted the video on uh, chrisannhall.com, and I'll, I'll drop it into this Potomatic uh, art in in our podcast website as yeah. well, so people can have a chance to watch the video and and uh, uh, you know share with our fun. Yeah, it was uh, you it know was good. for the people listening, man. If I could get like a lapel camera or whatever and bring <laughs> them into one of those experiences, everybody should I, should yeah, have that experience. I wonder it's hilarious. If people don't actually believe you. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's a trip. It makes me feel silly sometimes because I think, you know, I really should spend more time catching up on who these people are. Yeah. 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 We were, I forget where we were, but somebody had their, it was like a whole entourage around this mm-hmm. person and, and, uh, you know, you're just talking, you're just mm-hmm. regular conversation and then, uh, 
you know, and, and who are you? And it was this sort of look. The, the guy <laughs> looked over his shoulder at his entourage, and you could see his face kind of turn red. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, what's your name? And I didn't he, catch and he, that. Didn't, he wasn't even the one to answer. You know, it was right. like he looked around for his servants to tell this impotent peasant who he is. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Well, you know, there's uh, we're making history this week. Not us yeah. personally, but America. This, I think the, so. The confirmation hearings on Kavanaugh. And, you know, we were talking this morning about how we're, we're, we're being inundated and, and this is uh, saturating the networks. But of all the things that we've seen saturate the networks, I think this is absolutely one of those things that ought to be. Yeah. We should be covering this. My goodness. Think about how many people watched the last royal wedding. Yeah. yeah. Now, exactly tell me. What relevance or importance does that hold to Americans? Yeah. None whatsoever. And well, I the last one only in the sense of the racial aspect, but out, you know, was an interest. Outside of that, how does it impact? But it's a personality interest. Right. It's not but actual. Yeah, no, no real impact on your life right. in, in the sense, you know, as an American. But we have, we have the confirmation hearing of Kavanaugh and it's for me it's so exciting and we've been so busy I haven't been able to watch the whole thing but the the sad part is 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 I really don't think I need to watch the whole thing I know what's going on yeah right I know we're not going to hear anything important nobody's these senators are not interested in actually interviewing Kavanaugh. They're not actually interested in inquiring as to his constitutional fitness for this job. They just simply want to have another opportunity before the camera, another opportunity with a microphone, another opportunity to make a spectacle of themselves. And I, you know, for me, it's a very sad time because once again, we are, we are engaging in political display that demeans and diminishes the importance of government. Well, and it, it's sad because, as you said, it's historical. This is, this is a, a, a situation where, you know, this guy is going to impact the uh, nature and makeup of the Supreme Court for, for probably decades. Yes. I mean, up, yes. To, up to 30 years, maybe. Um, so it, it's historic in that sense. Mm-hmm. And so it is sad that you have such a display of, of dysfunction. I, although that's good in, in one respect that we have an opportunity to point it out and teach people, uh, you know, shed light on it. I just wish, I wish people, my sort of number one wish in the thing is that people would be able to recognize uh, when these questions and topics come up, they'd be able to, to discern what is within the purview of the Supreme Court and what is a legislative congressional uh, issue. Because the, well, we the have that opportunity keep, to, to, yes. to teach that now. Right. Is the, uh, the, most of these topics that the congressmen bring up, the senators bring up, they're legislative issues. They're basically asking um, Kavanaugh, uh, how are you going to do our job? What is your how are opinion? You approach our yeah. job? What is your opinion on this social situation? Yeah. 
He doesn't render opinions on social situations. He renders opinions on how the law compares to the Constitution. And that's, that's see, and, and that's the other thing. It's not about how the law compares to previous Supreme Court opinions. Right. And that's where Kavanaugh and I will, will part ways. The, the first well, I don't know standard, that he would probably disagree with you, but yeah. the fact that, you know, he goes along with what's said right. to get through these hearings and, and follows the line. I want a nominee just once before I die to look at these guys and respond to their questions and say, uh, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be a legislator. That's not my job. Right. That's your job. Yeah, and it's 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 fun. We were on Law and Crime, and the the host uh, Jesse said they were laughing, and the guy with us said, "Chrisanne, this is so awesome. We wish you were the nominee." And, I, and we just started laughing because, you know, I, I I I'm not I'm grateful I'm not the nominee, but we've had so many people say that, and I think it's because we deliver truth and principle with clarity. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. We are talking about the Kavanaugh hearings. We're also going to talk about the New York Times anonymous op-ed. But there's a couple more things that I want to address with this New York, uh, with this Kavanaugh hearings. Because like we said, this is a teaching moment. And I want to play a clip. I hope that I can play two clips for you. But I want to play first this clip from Kavanaugh, so that you can hear from Kavanaugh why I have this disagreement with his understanding of precedent. So let's let's play this clip real quick so you can hear this. I appreciate that. Uh, I faced a decision where, uh, as in every other decision just about on the D.C. Circuit, I had to follow precedent precedent of the Supreme Court. Uh, I don't get to pick and choose which Supreme Court precedents I get to follow. I follow them all. Now that's a problem. That is a serious problem. When our inferior courts hold, uh, judges hold the opinion that they have no choice but to follow every single precedent established by the Supreme Court, What you get then is a ruling oligarchy of kings and queens. And and how how does anything ever get overturned? That's the problem. You you get chaos because precedent fluctuates. I mean, when you really talk about precedent, you're talking about um, opinions, right? And opinions change. Well, yeah, and and here's the thing. Because precedent can be just based on opinion and not really based on... And that's the problem. ...historical constitutional... Uh, principles. If the precedent is constitutionally sound, then I agree, you have to follow it. But we know from history and from personality that justices are activists, at least especially in the last 60 or 70 years. Yeah. Well, it, this, is a, this is an 
in this is incoherent reasoning. If you think about it, mm-hmm. I don't have a choice. I have to follow them all. Mm-hmm. That that's an incoherent statement because uh, Dred Scott was a precedent, right? At some point, Dred Scott right. got uh, was overturned if, because if you, somebody questioned it. Correct. If you have if you follow them all, that means nothing gets overturned. It doesn't make any sense. So here's what I would do so if they go I were out of their, a senator. They go out of their way yeah. to make this precedent point, and it creates these incoherencies. Well, right, because then all of a sudden now he's he's shielded by precedent, and he's no longer personally responsible well, for what he does. Here's the point again. So here's the thing: people need to need to grasp the, these hearings, like most politicians, anytime they speak, but particularly these hearings. Every single statement is crafted to be a message about a, a particular issue. And, and when I say issue, mm-hmm. uh, a, an argument from mm-hmm. the opposition, right? So in other words, most of the things you can't even take at face value. When he talks about precedent, he's, he's really not even talking about what no, we're talking about. He be- is sending the message that I'm not going to overturn Roe v. Wade. Right. Right. And, right. I, you know, he's talking about. Because Feinstein, I'm not opened, be a us, uh, Feinstein opened up this discussion with, I'm going to talk to you about gun control. I'm going to talk to you about Roe v. Wade. Yep. So his answer to that question was, was not, uh, well, I hope was not his general perspective on precedent, but was an answer to Dianne Feinstein, I'm going to follow precedent. But that's not what he said. He, he said, I follow them all. So if I were a senator, my follow-up question based on this would be, uh, Judge Kavanaugh, you said that you don't have a choice. You follow all precedent. So let me ask you a question, sir. If Donald Trump were to write an executive order that says it's a matter of national security, we must do a nationwide sweep and put all Japanese Americans, men, women, and children in internment camps until the threat, or Korean men, women, and children, or uh, Muslim men, women, and children in internment camps until the threat has disappeared, would you follow that precedent? Right. So this is the problem. This is the problem that I wanted to address about this, this that I have with Kavanaugh, this problem that we have this this unyielding and misplaced authority in precedent. And I find it very alarming that that he actually sticks with that throughout this testimony. And from every direction We cry revolution Standing together And without permission Soldiers for truth In the war of attrition The love of our country As our The Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. 
Chris Ann Hall here. Uh, I'm. This is the last, the last thing we're going to cover with this Kavanaugh thing. I, I just want to encourage people to watch this. I will say last in case you know maybe something big might happen today. We will do this you know spottingly yeah. as the issues come up. But I, I want I want these uh, the last three days. I want the last three shows that we have done to be sort of a guide and an instructional tool for all of you out there to review. And, and so now you can watch these with, with an educated and equipped perspective to identify what is really going on. Yeah, and I would say what you're talking about, it's really not a Kavanaugh thing. Like you said, I have a disagreement mm -hmm. with Kavanaugh. No. It, it's not him in particular. No. This is how the conversation goes. It's a problem with the way we talk about it, the way we understand it. It's it, a problem it, with the way we teach it in the law correct, schools. Right. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. This, you know, it's interesting that he, because he keeps saying in response to really all of these questions, yeah. I have to follow precedent. I have to follow precedent. You, you really don't hear him say, I have to follow the Constitution. Yeah. And then he'll reference Scalia's opinion and, and this court and that court. Uh -huh. you, you don't hear him talk about the intent, the framers. You know, this is what this means in the Constitution. So it, I, you get the sense, number one, as you said, the product of law school training. And then you, I, I also get the sense that it's almost if, as if they feel that in the general American uh, psyche, mm -hmm. Constitution and the reference to the Constitution, the founders, is so... Uh, so dangerous, so offensive and unpalatable that they have to instead put precedent in its place. We have to make that reference because that's something that people can swallow. That's something that people can accept. If this guy started, if he said, well, I have to follow the Constitution. My job is to look at the law, compare it to the Constitution and see if it complies. That's, that's my job in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. If he said that, like people go, what a radical, what a nutcase. Right. And it's almost like if I say I have to follow precedent, then people just sort of nod and go on about their business. Yeah, and and it's because we don't have we don't have the perspective of the Constitution anymore. We have perspective of politics. The last clip. Now I will say this: Gorsuch, uh, although he made these references, uh, made more reference to I'm following the, right. the Constitution and and reference. You know the framers and yeah, and, and the intent. That's why I said they should be more freaked out about Gorsuch than they are about Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh is a company man. I really, yeah. really believe well, Kavanaugh is a company man. The problem was Gorsuch. Gorsuch didn't occupy this pivotal sort of position, yeah, addition to yeah. the Supreme Court. So the last sort of equipment that I want to put into your hands in identifying how this all works. We've been talking about how these senators questions are not based on law but are, are not based on the constitution but based on on uh, uh legislative legislative issues. issues policies and one more time we're going to hear from diane feinstein now we're, what we're what we're walking into now is feinstein talking to kavanaugh about uh about gun control or about heller vdc and, uh, you know, lauding upon herself all of this glory for all of her yeah, firearms, her assault weapons legislation. Right, and that because sort of thing. Re remember, he was a D.C. Uh, he was D.C. Right. judge in, the, in mm -hmm. the circuit there. And 
he was on the Heller case. He wrote uh, part of the opinion there. Right, exactly. So what we have now is an example of the language that I want you to hear from Dianne Feinstein that talks about that that I want to help you identify that this is a policy issue and not a a political issue, a policy issue and not a constitutional issue for a judge. How do you reconcile what you've just said with the hundreds of school shootings using assault weapons that have taken place in recent history? How do you- now, what Ka- I'm going to play that keep playing in just a second. So what Kavanaugh comes back and says is not what Chris Ann Hall would say. Right. So if that were me sitting there, I would say, you know, I, I, I sympathize with the problems that we have in America uh, with violence. immoral people doing violent things, using these pieces of equipment for violent crimes. But you have to understand, Senator Feinstein, my job is to compare your laws to the Constitution to determine their validity. It is not my job to take policy into play, uh, policy writing as my job. It is not my job to to write policy. It is not my job to consider social standards. That is your job. The question you've just asked me is a policy-making question, not a constitutional Supreme Court justice question. And here's how Kavanaugh answers. How do you reconcile that? Senator, of course, the the violence in the schools is something we all... uh, detest and want to do something about. And there are lots of efforts I know underway to uh, make schools safer. I know I know at my girls' school they do a lot of things now that are different than they did just a few years ago in terms of trying to harden the school and make it safer for everyone. Uh, guns, uh, handguns and semi-automatic rifles are weapons used for hunting and self uh, defense, but as you say, Senator, you rightly say, they're used in a lot of violent crime and cause a lot of deaths. Handguns are used in uh, lots of uh, uh, crimes that result in death, and so are semi-automatic rifles. That's one of the, that's what makes this issue difficult. As I said in the last two pages of my dissent in Heller, I fully understand the gang violence, gun violence, drug violence that has plagued various uh, cities, including Washington, D.C. This was known as the murder capital of the world uh, for a while, this city. And that was uh, a lot of handgun violence uh, at the time. And so I, I've, I understand the issue, but I, as a judge, my job, as I saw it, was to follow the Second Amendment opinion of the Supreme Court, whether I agreed with it or disagreed with it. At the end of the opinion, I cited uh, Justice Kennedy's Texas versus Johnson quote, which I read yesterday as the guiding light for the for the uh, lower court judges and all judges the guiding light for all judges and lower court judges there is that messaging again yes i would do the same thing as kennedy therefore the court is actually not changing that's the message that he's trying to transmit when he says things like. and when i was listening to this live i got really excited because he said 
you know, we have to follow the Second Amendment. And then he said the Second Amendment opinion Opinion. of the Supreme (laughs) Court. (laughs) And I was like, oh, Kavanaugh, you almost had me, friend. I had that same feeling. You you feel like this (gasps) swelling elevation and then Then boom, boom. slam right back in the dirt when he adds those five words opinion of the supreme court what is that that phrase that colton always uses when it uh yeah epically anticlimactic yeah that epically (laughs) anticlimactic that's that's exactly what we're seeing here and so i'm just a period right there bro i I mean you you had it (laughs) just put your period right there i know almost almost there well you know uh, I just want I want the American people like we said we like I said this morning with Heather Childers this is an amazing learning opportunity and I'm hoping that we can you know we when I say we I mean you and me out there not just me and JC but you guys out there too can excite and inspire people to watch this with a learning perspective so let me put you on the spot help me I I, I understand I mean we talked about some of the problems do you think uh, – how do I ask this? Overall, do you think he'll be a good just – I mean, is, it re- is he a reasonable nominee, or would you say the court's not going to change very much? I, I mean, think he's going to be status quo. Yeah. Okay. I think he's going to be Kennedy. Right. I think he's going to be Kennedy. I don't think we're going to see any massive changes. Uh, I, as a matter of fact, I don't think we're going to see really any changes at all. I think you're going to see many circumstances in the future where Gorsuch once again is still the lone wolf. So really, I don't, I don't, I do not see Kavanaugh siding with Gorsuch in these issues of constitutional uh, importance. Yeah, not all of them anyway. So, no. so really, what you have is, um, what it means is maintaining the status quo. Uh, you, 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 in other words, you've basically lengthened the ability to maintain the status quo and not right. let it go left. Left or I mean, right, I think. Right, yeah. right, right. But, I mean, obviously, Democrats' goal is to put put uh, one of their people in there and then we go left. Yeah, so, that's why this so, is all hypocritical because if, if Kavanaugh was the liberal side, yeah. everybody would be, like, fawning all over him. So sure, sure. That's why, like, okay, so... We have this anonymous New York Times op-ed. So he's not he's not super up. bad. He's not super good. No. Just, he's, no, he's just kind of status quo. He's just there. I, I right. really don't have much hope in what he's got for us yeah. from a constitutional perspective. But it's not a disaster. No, it's not a disaster. He's not, he's not Ruth Bader Ginsburg, praise <laughs> right. God. Right? Yeah. He's not uh, uh, Sotomayor. Yeah. Kind of middle of the road. How did she ever get on the bench? I don't know. She has got Lindsey Graham be, said it was his... His fault the other day. That Sotomayor was on there? <laughs> yeah, I oh, voted for goodness. two of your nominees. Oh, my goodness. She's she such is, a train wreck. She is a tra- she's a train wreck. She's lacks so much common sense. I mean, I yeah. really... Uh, uh, I, I, she's very quiet, and I'm glad for it, because I think she's one of those people that realizes that she's out of... Out of, out of her league. Out of her league. Absolutely out of her league. Okay, so we have this uh, New York Times... Uh, uh, what is it? Anonymous op ed that has popped up, and you're going to be hearing about it today. We talked about it on Fox and Friends first, and I and I wanted to bring it to you guys. What does op ed mean? Opinion. opinion editorial. Uh huh. Editorial right. opinion. Yeah, op ed opinion editorial. It seems right there. Opinion. 
And so it's anonymous, but it's titled, I am part of the resistance inside the Trump administration. So we are led to believe that the person who is writing this op anonymous op-ed essay, as the New York Times calls it, um, is a senior official, according to New York Times, in the Trump administration whose identity is known to us and whose job would be jeopardized by its disclosure. So they're refusing to publish who this is because this is, quote, unquote, a senior official. And I think the big question is, America, it really is first and foremost, is this actually real or is this more manufactured fake Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the last segment of our Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. And that's that's the question of the day. I believe that you will hear today this opinion piece, uh, anonymous opinion piece. It's going to be about who is this person? Uh, you know, what, what, why would they say these things? What is their role in the Trump administration? And and, uh, you know, I, I, my first question was, can this really be real? Yeah. My, well, my first question, it's just looking at the title. Th- doesn't that kind of smack as sort of, I mean, isn't that kind of a treasonous tone? Yeah. It's I'm not- inside the, the administration and I'm the resistance, yeah. right? I mean, what is the resistance? You want to overthrow, uh, stop? What's going on? Okay, but this is the title it's, assigned. Doesn't it kind of skirt, skirt the, the edge there? Yeah, this is the title assigned by New York Times. This is not the words of the person who actually wrote this. Okay, so you don't see uh, res- uh, this. You know, I, I, I'm not going to assign treason to this. This is not treason, okay? What this is, in my humble opinion, is uh, a disgruntled employee who does not like his boss. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, this is a free speech, what free speech, slander, liable, whatever. Okay. So here's the problem. You are free to speak however you want, but you're also free to suffer the consequences of your speech. And if you're going to go and publicly trash your boss, you should expect to be fired. Mm -hmm. Not only that, if you are going to have the the uh, gumption gumption yeah that's what I'm t- <laughs> to criticize your boss then have the fortitude to put your name to it yeah right what is this i mean how do you give anybody any kind of real credibility over this issue yeah when you can't even sign your name to it yeah. dear american people i'm a coward and here's my opinion right and basically. and basically here's the thing so i was asked is this a national security threat you know, at this point, I don't think this is a national security threat because, number one, there's no there's no allegation of criminal activity. There's no allegation whatsoever other than the fact I don't like Trump's personality. Yeah, right. That's the whole this is the, the op ed in a nutshell. Yeah. I don't like Trump's personality. And here's the thing. If you don't like your boss, that's probably a pretty good indication that you should find a new job. 
And you shouldn't be surprised when you talk crap about your judge, about your judge, about your boss, that he would fire you. Uh huh. So, what? I, I don't understand the whole anonymous thing. Well, and about don't be this. surprised. He's going to be looking for you. Yeah, absolutely. Because right? this guy want he wants to, and I think it's hypocritical because he's trying to sort of wrap himself in in this. Yeah. I don't know, hero, and I'm protecting the republic from this lunatic, blah, blah, blah. Um, so you want to be able to be there and criticize publicly. Because, by the way, if if this is what you're doing, protecting Americans, this doesn't help. You don't have to do this to do what you're saying. Yeah, I find right? it you funny. You could go ahead and quietly protect us from this guy and keep your mouth shut. But he wants to be able to trash the president anonymously while still keeping his job, and then people are going to be wringing their hands about, oh, and Trump's trying to target this guy. I find and go this after really this funny. He says, although he was elected as a Republican, the president shows little affinity for the ideals long espoused by conservatives. You yeah, know, I can't say that that's why he was elected. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm saying I mean, the who, personality thing here is this is exactly why he was elected. Exactly. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. This is just for who, me. Who did not know Trump was not an ideologue? Right. Come on. I mean, that was one of the appeals for a lot of folks. That was one of the pitches. I think the purpose of this article is very plain. The purpose of this article is written by somebody who knows that America has become a guilty until proven innocent society. And all you have to do is throw allegations out there. Trump will be tried on the basis of his personality in the in the court of public opinion, and he will never have to actually be uh, attacked or or accused of real misconduct. Here's my opinion: if if what he says is the case, and that's and and this guy is protecting us, then keep doing that quietly. Don't transmit this and add more destabilization to the situation. This doesn't help. Well, I think this is all about 2020, and I think they know that there's going to be another Supreme Court justice to be appointed, Exactly. and they need to make sure that Trump is not reelected. That's what this is all about. See you next time. Let me know America, America, I gave my best to you.